The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and with me tonight are Stefan Ward-Wheaton. Welcome to the civil politics fan base out there. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> you kids, I don't know, I get your crazy lingo. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> and, what? Uh, that one I actually don't get. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, Sue Timberlake. Hey well. there. <laughs> the old timer, the real old timer. Yeah. <laughs> The one that has the real gray hair, so. I'm getting those. I don't see any. Uh, the temples. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm getting crazy old man eyebrows. Oh, perfect. So yeah. you can really start to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really pop there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For the folks at home, they didn't get the visual. But... No, they, they sadly don't. Um, or happily they don't, depending on your opinion on that subject. Anyway, before we begin, I just want to mention a couple of things. Uh, first off, uh we are contactable, and we love to be contacted uh, in various ways. I know, that's not properly a word, but I kind of got stuck in a sentence. Now it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> neologisms. By the w- neologisms <laughs> by the pound, while you wait. So, uh, you can reach us uh, on Twitter, at CivilPoliticsFM. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio. Via email. Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org. We also have a website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And uh, during the show, as we refer to things, uh, our esteemed producer, Mr. Roberts, will. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Roberts. He will uh, be trying to throw up links to things as we go along, and they'll be use the hashtag civil references as we go. So Shout out to my civvies. Yeah. Do, do, do. Right, and um, uh, and so that will make it easier for you to follow along on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, and also, I should mention once again uh, that uh, thanks entirely to J- John was prodding, we did f- uh, create a specific Google search uh, algorithm you can use from our uh, civilpolitics.com or civilpoliticsradio.com webpage. There's a link to it uh, that specifically looks for, uh, uh, does searches amongst our trusted news sources. Which we all kind of agreed on, which was great. We all yeah. more or less agreed on, yeah, yeah. anyways. So um, so uh, let's talk about the big news this week, which is, uh, well, it's been dominating the world A rabbit named news. Harvey? No, uh, yes. Oh, man. You know, I couldn't actually see the rabbit anywhere. I looked <laughs> yeah. and I looked. Well done. <laughs> and that's the only funny thing we have to say about Harvey. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, worse, tropical storms. Officially worse than Katrina, right? I've heard that today. Depends on on how you're measuring. Certainly, I've heard it's the most rainfall any storm in the United States has dropped in recorded, uh, recorded time. Yeah, what, uh, about four feet in... Yeah. Um, what three days? Yeah. About right? depending on uh, rainfall f- uh, can fluctuate. So like different areas of Houston of the greater Houston, that southeast part of Texas, got different amounts. Mm. I think some areas got like fifteen to twenty inches, which was still quite a lot. But yeah, there's certainly they had a, a at least in some area, some parts of the Houston area, I believe they recorded more than four feet. Yeah. 
And if that 20 inches was upstream from Houston, they also got that 20 inches later. They did. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. so it, it's apparently in a staggering amount of of, of rain. I, I mm-hmm. uh, I've heard various metrics. You know, like the equivalent of dropping like you know like one hundred thirty three thousand Empire State buildings full of water or something like that. You know, <laughs> like like enough water to actually cover the entire lower forty eight states and about half an inch of water. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which is like, oh, it's only half an inch, but like, no, no, that's the entire <laughs> lower forty-eight. <laughs> you know, one thousand by three thousand square miles, and half a and half an inch of rain is no small amount either if you're standing out in it. So yeah, yeah. Im- imagine the entire nation blanketed by a pretty solid rainfall and concentrate that into one county, yeah, or one area. Yeah. Uh, for New Englanders, one inch of rain often equals a foot of snow, so that would be fifty feet of snow. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, genre. Uh, there, I'm posting a link right now about um, Houston uh, versus Katrina, the storms. Uh, something really important to remember is that uh, during Katrina, the New Orleans failed as a city. It just It, it, it really just, just broke down. Yeah. Uh, Houston has been um, relatively okay. Uh government-wise and organizational-wise people. Mm. Um, and the city is only like a third underwater yeah. instead of like 80%. Right, no. Uh, because uh, New Orleans is below sea, bo- sea level. Yep. And their levees broke. Their levees broke. Levees broke. Texas, yep. Because they were not kept up. But Texas yeah. had a levee that broke, but they they were able to fix it in the middle of the storm, yeah. which is sort of well, also, amazing. And there are two yeah. the, uh, there are two major reservoirs that were created uh, in the 1930s following significant floods in the 20s, as I recall. Right, the Galveston flood, I think, happened. Well, the Galveston time. hurricane was... Um, uh, right about 1900, and that—that's actually a, diff- oh, okay. a different thinking, thing. Yeah. No, th- these were just like, like I don't think it was a hurricane. I think it was just like a severe rainstorm, and that wound up uh, flooding parts of Houston and killing a bunch of people. And they were like, "Well, we need," you know, the Army Corps of Engineers decided that maybe they should do something about that. So they created these two reservoirs, you know, these two areas that that were basically designed to flood. So they built big earthen dikes, some of them up to 50 feet high in places, uh, to sort of basically form these catch basins. And uh, they actually were had to let water out of them. Oh, they had to open that. their floodgates because they were worried about them overtopping. Which means they flooded right places. Yeah, right. Well, they 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 were releasing water into already flooded areas. But the the logic was, you know, if we release a little, if we release a fair amount of water, that's that makes it worse. It's better than releasing all of the water, which would be uh, like I think they said it would be like twenty times more. Jeez. You know, coming all at once. They said it would be like a wall of water, like a hundred feet tall, if if the if the uh, levees broke. I wouldn't want to live under something like that built by the um, <laughs> Army Corps of Engineers. Is it just me? Um, <laughs> why? I mean, like, doesn't the Army Corps of Engineers have a pretty good track record of building? Not things? with co- not with <laughs> levees, at least not with New Orleans. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it is worth noting that like uh, the l- maintenance of the levees in Louisiana was a local matter handled by parishes, as it is in Northampton. Yeah. And when the Army Corps of Engineers finished building our gates, which they closed during Irene, yeah, um, they had not really been maintained. The rule was that the Army Corps of Engineers said to Northampton, you know, keep greasing these and use them every once in a while. <laughs> and yeah, I was. Yeah, they I'm they foggy. often leave it to the local. Folks. Sorry, no, no, it's 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 true. 
my understanding is that the levees that were built in New Orleans were built to a lower specification than had been advised according to what New Orleans had experienced in prior hurricanes, which did fall upon the Army Corps of Engineers. And you're, right, you're right that enough. there are local um, state and local authorities did not sort of, you know, uh, meet them halfway on mm. that. But there's it, there's a pretty – I mean, if, if you talk to uh, anyone who they has They were lived failures in Orleans, from, like, municipal up to federal government. Yeah, I mean, there's a, bu- there's a lot of failure to go around. Well, and <laughs> it seems that people learned some lessons from Katrina. I mean, I heard uh, uh, a superintendent of the Houston school system talking about, you know, like, like he consulted with people from New Orleans about, so how do you deal with a storm like this? And he, and he said, okay, the first important thing to understand is there is going to be chaos. It doesn't matter how well prepared you are, there is going to be chaos. You have to accept that there will be chaos and try and, you know, help the kids in front of you that you're help, trying to help right now and do what you can and just accept that things will get messy, you know, mm. and just try to minimize that and move on, you know. And, and I thought, oh, well, okay, That's, that actually is a, a sort of a helpful thing to understand when you have like a, a disaster that is unprecedented like this. I think the Cajun Navy is a big help in Texas. They were they're the ones with all the boats. They there were 21 boats that FEMA had with teams. Yeah. And I don't know how many thousands of boats. The Cajun Navy. I heard it called the Texas Navy, but yeah. either way, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Cajun Navy and that's, you know, a bunch of guys go out with their Boats. Sure. They're fishing boats, mm-hmm. and they've been rescuing people like it's this. It's like Dunkirk on the Gulf Coast. <laughs> Dunkirk. Well, only they're inland, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, and with a lot less murdering happening. Yes, one hopes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, we, I don't. I think that I've been sort of spreading this factoid around, and I think that we sort of forget about that up in New England. Houston is the fourth largest city yeah. in the U.S. New York, L.A., Chicago, and Houston. It's got 2,200,000 people just in the city proper. It's the fifth largest metro area. It's a big, big city, and it's growing very rapidly. It's the most diverse city in the South. And pointedly, it has essentially zero zoning. It, oh, yeah. this it's, is the. Um, in fact, it is. Wild not, West. I don't think it's zero zoning, but it's. It there's a lot. Loose. There's not a lot of of. of it is in fact explicit zoning. illegal yeah. to enact certain zoning codes that are commonplace yeah. in other communities, like yeah. building codes. Li- uh, bu- <laughs> no, well, setbacks. Or? Well, they they have limits on like you know like the size of a lot that you can build on and stuff like that. But right, but they know, don't but residential, but beyond, industrial, commercial zoning, right. all that oh, stuff. We're used yeah. to having that's that. That's why all that, the chemical plants are intermingled with yes. all. Right, and you have skyscrapers yeah. next to bungalows in yeah. some cases. I mean, it's essentially oh, like size, uh, it's uh-huh. been this sort of laissez-faire experiment in urbanism in this in, in this very rapidly growing huge urban area, and it, I think it's exacerbated the chaos. I'm actually sympathetic to sort of mixed-use zoning, and I think that like there's there are some interesting experiments to be done in sort of you know liberalizing how you build a community and how you sort of build oh, different apartments. classes of buildings together and i think we've lost that Store partly fronts. due to suburbanization but houston is kind of and this is sort of an ethos in lots of parts many parts of the south and west this kind of hands off approach to development mm-hmm. you know where you sort of you the, the the they don't want government overreach and that extends into the you know, very fabric of the community because they're not, 
you know, the, it's not built with a sort of holistic approach in mind. It's it's ad hoc, and it's whoever you know, whichever developer is working where. Right. And as a result, yeah, we have there's a chemical plant in the middle of a residential area that is essentially blown up. Did it actually? Um, did the did the volatile chemicals actually explode? I heard there were some. I I, I well, wasn't sure about that. My I understanding heard conflicting is, reports. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it hasn't, uh, I should say, I did hear that the, op- is... the operators of the plant said, like, there are volatile chemicals that when they warm up past a certain temperature will explode, and uh, the means we have to keeping them cool have failed. You know, like like the generator's not right. working anymore. I, I've seen reports you know. of fire. Yeah. I haven't seen, I mean, I, when, I, when I say yeah. blow up, it hasn't, like, had a massive explosion, but yeah. it's essentially in... It's a very dangerous position if, if for a chemical plant to be in, especially in a yeah. a predominantly residential that, which area. Which is why they evacuated everyone within a mile and a half. Yeah. Right. As yeah, a you... former chemist, I was just going to say two things. One is yeah. with peroxides, organic peroxides, which yeah. they use to synthesize plastics, they said, you can go everywhere from uh, you know hydrogen peroxide, which is very safe, to um, very high explosives. Yeah. The, the really the best explosives, the, some of the ones that ISIS uses are peroxides. Yeah. And you can make MDMA, that drug that people mm-hmm. enjoy. So, You mean ecstasy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, well, oxygen's very, you know, you stick an extra oxygen molecule in there, the party starts. Yeah, and it's that double, yeah. that's the peroxide bond. So here's the question. The company is not saying which peroxides. There oh. are. Uh-oh. And they've been very careful not to say that. So they keep saying that, you know, they can irritate you. It really depends on which peroxide. And they're warming up and they're catching on fire and they're exploding in the sense that they are combusting a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. However you put that, you know, whether right. it's with a big boom yeah. or a little boom. So, I, you know, I think the company's being a little disingenuous to say, you know. It's just peroxides. Well, it they don't. Which one is it? That w- yeah. What are they? Which ones, you know, are they the... You know, really, yeah. really, really high energy ones. Are they, you know, lower energy? If they were keeping them cold, you got to guess they were pretty high energy. Yeah, yeah. So well, right. would you want the job uh, of of <laughs> of like, oh, well, the floodwaters are receding. Maybe we can get in there. Would you want to be the person whose job is to go in there to the plant and try and secure it before only it if I knew what they were. <laughs> well, but even if you do, it, it's like, well, we don't know how close they are to exploding because it's been, you know, an un, you know an unknown t- period of time in which they might have been become volatile. So you're going to go in and get right up next to them. <laughs> Something that'll kill you if you're within 100 feet of it when it explodes. So I sort of know what I would do because once I was in a chemical accident yeah. and um, we were doing something we shouldn't have in an area we shouldn't have. But anyway, I was in an that MIT That a lot of chemical plants startup. from what I understand. Yeah, and the two people that ran in the direction of the explosion were me. I was yeah, 20-something and a real old-time chemist. The two of us ran and, and shut things off. So both of us were stupid because we you know, had yeah. been hurt. But it was it turned out fine. Yeah. But still, you know, you don't you don't really know, I think, until you're in that position. And you know what, we knew what it was. So, yeah. you know, it's just Love Canal material. It was, you know. Yeah. It just caused cancer, not, you know, blow you up. <laughs> no, it would blow you up because right. we had red water from the Department of the Defense. And we had all sorts of stuff we shouldn't have been working on. You had red water. That's tritium, isn't it? No, red water's um, TNT without one of the T's. So it's DNT. Oh. You can't, you can't get rid of it because it explodes. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's like riding what do they say right riding on a tiger's back you yeah. don't know how to get off oh uh, i was big. young and you know the mit professor's like oh this will be fine don't worry 
Okay. And he wasn't in the building at the time. So. Well, uh, obviously we've gotten off politics, but this is a fascinating story. So, so yeah. there's always somebody who runs, like even in New Jersey, when like a naphtha tank caught on fire, there was some fireman that they put on a raft in a hot suit and they sprayed water on him so he could go over and turn off a valve so that the whole industrial complex wouldn't explode. So there's always people that will that will go in and do that. They're just, I don't know why. Right. They must have a death wish or something. But, Emergency but, response personnel. Yeah. Like no one, it's called courage. Well, and I don't have any, <laughs> so I'm very impressed. <laughs> no, and I was actually scared because I figured we were all going to get in trouble for what we were doing. So it's like, <laughs> You're scared not for your life <laughs> no. because you think you're going to get in trouble. That is I a, always that get is in a trouble. 20-something <laughs> mentality, right? And, yeah. and that's yeah. a kind of courage. It's like, I'm more scared of getting in trouble than, than exploding. Yeah. So I'm going to run and, and take care of this problem before it gets worse because then I'll be in less trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, um, it, you know, it, but I think people who work in the chemical fields, you lose what you should have for respect for what it is sometimes. Or if mm. you've worked with it a lot or, you know. It's just another sure. job. It's just it, another job. The yeah. people that go into nuclear reactors and clean them and do all that stuff, I mean, sometimes yeah. you really wonder. And they well, did really you see highly. in Japan after Fukushima all Those these guys. senior citizens volunteered to go in because they said, hey, we're old. We're yeah. at the end of our lives you know it's we, we contaminate everything. You know, better us yeah. than the kids yeah and i thought that was a really noble attitude and yeah. you know and, and i think they really believe that and oh yeah japan has a very honorable um culture that right very communitarian know, yeah. you know, the, the, when i'm when i'm about 100 i'll, I'll be ready to do something <laughs> <laughs> that's right we'll keep you on file mike just Thank in you. case you won't be able to run fast enough to get in there before it explodes <laughs> But so I I fault the company. They need to be explicit about what that is. And the right to know law, which is a federal law, should have the firemen know what the peroxides are. They have to. They they have to be on a list and all that stuff. So yeah, it's so they're just not saying it. So so that's a case where you, the Republican, are arguing for a bit <laughs> more regulation. No, there's a there's a. I'm saying the government officials don't want to scare people or don't want to get people speculating about what might happen. Mm. So they're just calling oh, them so peroxides. Oh, yeah, so in other I words, the they're, laws not, they're not the telling us. They're not right. telling they us. They know, but they're not telling us. Yes, because the owners of the company know, and they had them in trucks with refrigeration on, and they knew it was going to run out of sure, gas at some the, point. But did the owners of the company tell the government? Because, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, you know, you companies claim, you know, that's a trade secret, and so they don't reveal information about, like, what's yeah, in the things. Right to Tobacco know, companies did that for a long time. Yeah, the right to know law actually handles that so that it's not doesn't become public information, but the fire department knows. Yeah, the the the, the emergency responders at least should yeah. should be briefed yeah. on and this, you can't get the delivery of the chemical mm. without you know sort of the process of the manifest that's why all that EPA stuff in the 70s was about uh, manifesting and toxic ways versus solid ways versus yeah biologic that ways. was before my time so I yeah, don't remember that's what they were doing was making it so the firemen didn't go in there and breathe a, a snout full of something sulfuric acid so yeah whatever it is because yeah. it would always that's exactly what they said before that law was passed was that you know it's proprietary it's like yeah but yeah. you're gonna you want the firemen to go in the building <laughs> yeah right yeah well yeah and it, it works in you know in favor of the business because if you want responders to act quickly they need to be have accurate information and you don't want to put water on phosphorus or magnesium no. and you oh, don't want right, to do yeah. this on that and you don't yeah. want to because those are the mistakes that were being made a train would yeah. crash and there'd be no manifest and people would say what you know what is it oh it's it's sodium 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So putting water on it just means yeah. big explosion. Yeah. So that's sort of the. So anyway, I just I'm sorry to. Um, no, no, no. That's because that's that sort is of very germane to what yeah. we're talking about. And it gets into and it's right next to residential houses because yeah. of the zoning stuff that yeah. you guys were talking about. Yeah, which um, you couldn't do that in Massachusetts. And there's lots of other cases of that. I mean, the peroxide is the one that's getting the attention because it's burning in the rain. Yeah. You know, it's quite the picture of right <laughs> this thing, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's lots of other other chemical plants in Houston. And so I guess, so by the way, you're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. So uh, I guess for us, the th- I think the thing to focus on with Harvey and all the damage it's caused is to look at sort of, in a sense, sort of the politics behind it. Because um, in a, in a not, not the actual weather system, or actually <laughs> in a way you could talk about that with climate change, but let's, let's, fo- let's stay focused more locally. Um, one of the the big sort of truisms I think of of thinking about disasters and disaster management is that uh, there is always a human component to any kind of quote unquote natural disaster because it's always about how nature interacts with decisions people have made. Mm. You know, like hey, we wanted to put up a whole lot of condos on the on the beachfront. Oops, okay, now the beachfront is washed away. You know, I mean, like like nature is doing what it's doing, right. and then we make choices, and those choices can have bad repercussions. And so, part of the idea of what politics is supposed to do is we collectively say, like, oh, that's really bad. We don't want to do that. You know, like the first time I really sort of became aware of this was back in the 90s when I was uh, living for a very short time in Tucson and and visiting friends out there and whatnot. And uh, there was a big argument about people wanting to build further and further up into the mountains around Tucson, you know, build their their fancy houses and Hmm. million dollars. Hanging off cliffs. (laughs) Well, not even hanging off cliffs, just like up up farther and farther away from the uh, municipal water system and uh, farther and farther away from the municipal fire departments. And, you know, and it's like. These people wanted the fire department to come and put out the put out a fire at their home. This, you know, but at the same time, it's like, well, you're building too far out. We can't come and help you. You know, if things catch fire, you're on your own. And do you want houses uh, out there? You know, in the desert, which is the you know the Sonoran Desert, like a lot of deserts, is actually kind of a fragile ecosystem because you know it's a lot of extremophiles, a lot of uh, well, maybe not like super extremophiles, but I mean like like a lot of organisms that are designed to deal with. Right. Difficult conditions. Desert conditions. Inhospitable <laughs> conditions. And, you know, like all the problems that come with o- overdevelopment and whatnot. So, you know, uh, uh, you were t- Stefan was talking about zoning laws earlier and, and just sort of the— Flood insurance? Are you going there? Mm, that's <laughs> a great yet. place to go. What about flood insurance, Sue? Well, it expires at the end of September. <laughs> Wait, so what do you mean it expires? Could you the federal explain? system. It's a federal program because insurance companies wouldn't provide flood insurance because you know what? You get a big loss. <laughs> Why? Why? Because people that need flood insurance have flooding and nobody else wants to buy it because they don't. Mm. And this so is administered through FEMA, right? For, the National Flood Insurance. Um, I don't know about the federal, but it is a federal. I don't know if it's FEMA. It might be it, actually under FEMA now because they consolidated all true. of that. Yeah. Is, but, yeah, yeah. Anyways. So anyway, it's out of money or almost out of money, and um, it has to be renewed in September at the end of September. And this was going to be a big philosophical fight about whether you pay people to rebuild their house five times on the same piece of low-lying land, because that's what insurance does yeah. for the you know people that are hit, again, like on the Cape. Yeah, well, and and, and to be clear, this is a, an insurance pol- plan in that yeah. people pay in premiums. Yes, 
but they're very highly subsidized because you couldn't afford the premium because every five years you have to buy your house again yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I forget what the statistics are, but most people in Houston, I think, don't have it because you only have to have it if you have a, a mortgage that requires it. Well, and I think it's also— So if you own your house outright— If you're within you the quote-unquote 100-year floodplain. Which is now not right, right? They haven't redone the floodplains. Yeah, that's mm. the other thing that the the Army Corps of Engineers has to do is, because this isn't this the second um, thousand year flood we've had, and I forget somewhere in Houston. Somebody said they had that, severe flooding last year, and I think yeah, the year before. Yeah. So know. somebody said not like this bad, but yeah, but yeah. bad. But it was sort of one of those um, those statements, like wherever the flood was, this was the second time that they'd had a thousand year flood yeah. in in like two years, and it's yeah. like you know what. Either the frequency is yeah. going you, up, or if you have two thousand year <laughs> floods in, in two years. In two years, it's uh, yeah, it might be a trend. I don't so know. The, this, um, well, we've I've had just, a number of storms like that yeah. actually. In, Irene was in this century, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, Sandy, Sandy, Katrina, you know, and yeah. the, you look at like the the droughts in Cal in the West Coast, especially in California, and how did that? You know, the drought is over because we had. Uh, an utterly stupendous amount of rain actually falling in California. I mean, maybe not quite as intense mm -hmm. as, as Harvey, but, you know, they, they called, called it an atmospheric river, you know? Like, <laughs> that's, that's always what you want to Is that a new term? <laughs> yeah. It's a new, it term, a of new art. term to me, <laughs> yeah. but it's what meteorologists yeah. basically were talking about, like this this sort of this specific sort of convection stream. Of, so of they started water. talking about polar vortexes recently or yeah, whatever yeah, that again, is. So. <laughs> again, which, yeah. Can we I'm, circle I'm, back for two seconds? I don't oh, want to yeah. misspeak. So, Katrina, when I said that Houston was bigger, I just meant more people were affected. But I don't know if that's actually the case. No, so, Houston definitely. Like, yeah. like Houston, oh, bigger than New Orleans? Houston, yeah, oh, bigger yeah. than Katrina. Katrina Not oh, talking about the outcome, but the Well, the and, and like I said, it depends on how you want to measure it. I mean, in terms of like, you know. Potential dollar, loss, I guess. Potential loss. We mean property, life. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. New Orleans, my understanding is the population there of New Orleans was about half a million people, I think. I think it, before Katrina, I and, think that's about and right. And Houston, yeah. I think Metro Houston is about two and a half million people, so it's five times the size. So obviously that's a bigger deal. But yeah. you know, I I do know that like several, I think uh, tens of thousands of people who were displaced by Katrina didn't go back. In fact, there's a, lot a couple of them went to Houston. Houston. Yeah, I saw yeah. that on the. Those poor. Of those so can you imagine? That's going to be awesome. They must like that low lying. Uh, <laughs> well, where property. else do you go? I mean, they They're basically like got carted to Houston, yeah. and that's where they had to. Something like a hundred thousand people, I think, ended up Relocated. going to Houston or that you know that sort of stretch of the Gulf Coast because it was basically like the next town over. The next big city that could handle that kind yeah. of influx. Well, and Houston and, has been growing enormously, so. right? I'm I'm seeing this is a this this is an article I had in my shortlist uh, just from today from CNN Money, um, the latest Hurricane Harvey cost estimates. Um, this is sort of preliminary data uh, predicts between 25 billion and 37 billion worth of flood loss across Southeast Texas and Southwest Louisiana. They're predicting only about 70, uh, excuse me, only 30 percent of that is going to be covered by flood insurance. So the rest of it. Yeah. People are just going to be are gonna, declaring bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, in the feds, they they'll write you a check, and it's like a no or low interest loan, but you owe them the money back. 
Mm. I mean, they write a lot of checks like that, too, which is different than yeah. insurance to replace your home. And that philosophical thing, you probably want to talk about it later, but just that thought process, because the flood insurance doesn't prevent people from rebuilding in the same spot, and it also encourages people right. to build in places I that think are at risk. That's called the moral hazard problem, you know? Like, like oh, you give people insurance, it encourages them to, to do dumb things. It's one of the arguments against uh, uh, subsidizing uh, health insurance, because, you know, it's like, oh, if you give people— Ooh, I'll smoke. Right, exactly. I'll (laughs) smoke, I'll drink, I'll whatever, you know. Eat a triple cheeseburger because, you know, they'll they'll, they'll just give me a new heart. Yeah, Yeah, it's (laughs) – well, when it comes to health – I mean, I don't know anyone who, like, (laughs) you know, weighs their health insurance. I eat cheeseburgers when I'm insured or not. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean – I, uh, yeah, yeah, I but get there the is argument. a moral yeah and risk. Well, um, that's certainly yeah. an argument. You know, like like the and cheaper insurers are risk averse. So yeah. if insurance <laughs> is cheap, then people are going to be more cavalier about it. And the taxpayers pick that up over and over again. Well, they pick up all kinds of insurance. I mean, after yeah. all, like you know the the veterans care, and veterans yep. care. Yep. Well, uh, you know, like the, the the classic you know libertarian Rand Paul style argument against uh, uh, health insurance is like, well, you know, people can insure themselves, and nobody's gonna, you know, people should be more responsible, and nobody's gonna die because you can all go to the hospital. <sighs> but of course, you know, if you go to the hospital and you can't afford it. <laughs> We still end up paying. You don't get that cancer treatment that's not available well, in the emergency and, room. And, so. and, you know, like like I said, you know, there's still, you know, either the taxpayers or the insurance rate payers pick up the, the cost. So, I mean, like, all of it gets paid for. All of it gets subsidized one way or another. So let's do it smarter. Anyway, we should take a short break uh, here on Civil Politics. Uh, so we're going to play some PSAs and other announcements, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes to talk more about uh, – Hurricane Harvey and the political decisions behind it. Uh, God, that sounds stupid. Anyway, um, <laughs> just, just we'll be right back. The Lily Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lily Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lilylibrary.org. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps do not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There's the first oscillator keyboard, 70s funk, 80s new wave, 90s trip-hop, or today's electronic music. Subculture plays the music to get your weekend started. For the best in new wave, indie, funk, and electronic music, tune in to Subculture right here on Valley Free Radio every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. 
reminding you that legally bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Valley Free Radio is a proud member of Pioneer Valley Local First. Pioneer Valley Local First, encouraging people to think local so they buy and bank local first. Pioneer Valley Local First also works to encourage companies in a friendly way to be socially, locally, and environmentally responsible. Thank you, Pioneer Valley Local First, for your support. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. So we're talking about uh, Hurricane Harvey and the colossal damage it has done to Texas. And it's also dumped plenty of rain on uh, other parts of the Gulf Coast like Louisiana and Alabama and so forth. So it's just been a, a huge, huge mess. And um, did I hear there's another storm out there in the Pacific? There is, I mean, out in the I mean, Atlantic. we're just getting into hurricane season. Yeah. So. There, there is a storm that's sort of... Uh, Irma, Irma, yes. Thank you, John. That's west of the Cabo Verde Islands. That's sort of slowly mm. moving its way west. Uh, where Currently, it's category three. It might go up <gasps> to a category four. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, it could hit anywhere between the... Um, Florida and the and the Carolinas, I think. Oh, there's uh, oh, or, or it could go gonna... south to Mexico. I mean, they yeah. really don't know where it's going to oh, go. It's this early. early, it's really yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Oh, the poor people in Texas might just be praying. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> it is not out of the question that it's going to go make a beeline for Houston. Another strike. Right. It Perfect could strike, happen. Yeah. It's by no means the most likely outcome, but it's possible, and certainly will keep an eye on that. I just want to, uh, sorry, I wanted, I want to interrupt before we actually get into a proper topic. Um, if you go to, uh, facebook.com slash civil politics or, uh, at civil politics, uh, sorry, facebook.com slash civil politics radio or at, at civil politics FM, there's going to be a link to, uh, articles of where to, where to donate to Harvey victims and to avoid scams. Mm. Uh, which is incredibly important. Like yes. the Red Cross? Like the Red Cross, yes. Uh, it's very, very important, especially to donate to local charities to make sure because they would actually have people on the ground uh, and more of the money will go to helping people. So uh, check that out on uh, the Facebook, the Twitter, and it will be linked on in the show notes uh, for our podcast. Awesome. Good. So... Um, you know, uh, we were actually just briefly during the, the break talking about, like, decisions like, you know, why didn't the mayor evacuate? And and we can certainly get into that, though that I'm, 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 again, not an expert on disaster planning, but I have actually read a little about this because it was something I was interested in um, back when I was in grad school doing the history of science, like the decisions that people make and how they lead to things. Like, like I was fascinated by the Titanic, for example. Um, um, well, I wasn't alone in that, obviously. No, so was I. It, <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. a weird obsession yeah. for like, yeah. So, um, uh, but I think more than well, what, any argument about like, you know, how should they have evacuated Houston? Should they have it all? What should they have done more? What should they have done? Um, there are a lot of decisions that get made in the years leading up to that that are political decisions. Like, where do we allow people to build homes? And... Uh, how much money do we want to put into infrastructure, and how well do we want to maintain the levees? We've been talking about all of that, but I, I think uh, uh, that's worth 
touching on some more if you guys have have more you want to say about it or or if you want to also pivot to talking about how uh amazingly enough the trump administration's doing a halfway decent job anyways of handling this so far i mean certainly better than uh than brownie did. heck of a job right handling uh you know there, there aren't tens of thousands of people stranded in the astrodome yeah well we're not done yet no but <laughs> but but by this point in katrina that people had already been stuck in the metrodome no for like three days yeah the, no the no septic. water or power it was terrible and it was really when the toilets went that was because the water yeah. level is so high all your septic systems and your yeah. sewage i mean right. that's that's isn't there a town in Texas that has no water right now? Was it Beaumont? One of them you mean lost no, no clean water. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Potable water. Yeah, it uh, got into their drinking water somehow or something. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, which is yeah, huge. that's which that's they have vacated immediately. The whole confirmed th- Beaumont. Beaumont. Thank yeah, you, Texas. Yeah. So all those things, you know, like here when we had um, Irene uh, Deerfield, their um, septic, their. Um, you know, switch the town sewer. Yeah, yeah. Their um, their pumps and everything went underwater for that, and all the stuff went into the Connecticut River, yeah. and that was quite a little disaster. And it was poor planning where it was, you know, what the process was, where the generators were. Same mm-hmm. thing happened at Fukushima. They had yeah. the they had the generators in the basement. Yes, that was that was dumb. Right. Well, and, and and in Houston, I actually I was hearing about uh, I think uh, I think it might have been the story about the chemical plants, but they were making a point of saying the generators are on the roof. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so backup generators are on the roof. They have these things. They let them dispose of chemicals by uh-huh. by um, um, letting them evaporate, uh-huh. and they're called floating floating tables. I think they call them. So it's like a big water, um, like a water tank, uh-huh. but the top is open with a with a flat part right. that floats in it. And so when the water came up, it actually evacuated right. all the chemicals into the into the air. You know, and into the water. And so they have all these devices that are on the roofs of chemical plants that, you know, you can evaporate the benzene slowly. And as long yeah. as it's slowly, it's a, you know, it's not the way to get rid of it. But that's what they've allowed there Jeez, to happen. Yeah. So I think they're called floating tables or floating pools. I'm, I'm it's not very, aware of it, but, but I think I've seen those. Yeah, that, it's I like mean, a water tank. It looks like a water tank, and it's actually an evaporation tank. And for it's like weirdly colored, volatile. like orange, orange yeah. liquid. or it's, yeah. it's, it's, You can tell it's not, you know, water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the one with an actual science degree, mm-hmm. uh, so, so I'm, I'm going to bow to you Old. about like, how this works. But, yeah, the, well. but that kind of stuff, I mean, ha- given what we know now, what do they do with that, I wonder? And do the, do the powers that be like look at that and decide that's not the way to do it anymore? And what does that cost industry? And is there going to yeah. be fallout? I mean, is that's going to hamper rebuilding efforts. Yeah. If there is an ac- a widespread chemical... Um, Spill. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean that probably washed away into the ocean. It's fine. No. Oh yeah, that that's never gonna come back to bite us, I'm sure. Uh it's not, like, the, sorry. It's not the like we don't already of, have the It's Gulf not really Coast. a Republican position, yeah. but no. I just had to. The, the you know. Gulf of Mexico is a big place. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> you heard about the dead zone? You probably yep. Have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the zone of low oxygen. Yeah. It's yeah. Yes, caused by runoff from, from fertilizer, fertilizer in the Midwestern. Down, down the Mississippi, yeah. Yes. Well, exactly. and all the other things that are happening in the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was uh, some kind of uh, oil dis- rig disaster yeah, there I a few heard, years ago. I heard ago. something might have happened like that. I think they had a little trouble with That was a small thing. Yeah, <laughs> the Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. Not a big deal. I think they had a trouble with um, establishing the baseline for oil and stuff in shrimp because there had been so many leaks over the years that, oh, that the baseline 
They call that the baseline. <laughs> oh. And then they wanted to see how much the spill was on top of that. But, you know, it's sort of like when we had lead in every child in America, the baseline was actually a lead level. Right. Yeah. That's your that's your normal. Yeah. yeah that's your normal because that was everybody had. Yeah. It's very right. interesting. It wasn't the poly- level it should have been. It was the level yeah. it was. And it's yeah. getting very close to zero now because they took mm-hmm. the lead out of so many things. But not the pipes. Anyway, you're, so. You're lucky, Stefan. I was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure I have a whole raft of new chemical oh, problem yeah. issues that tetraethyl lead's easy compared to <laughs> if you say so. Propri- yes. Propionic acid and the other yeah. things that we've put in our food. So yeah. anyway, so you your position is the government will need to do more, I guess, and mine's gonna be <sighs> well, a I th- little less but I, more I, accountable. <laughs> I well, accountability's certainly great, but I I, I think like there's questions that like you know, at the local level, in in you know, as far as this particular storm goes, there's going to be questions in like the the, the civic level in Houston and in Texas about what they're going to do about this, which I'm sort of reluctant to sound off about, in part because I don't live there. Well, and all the <laughs> refineries that went under. Oh yeah, too. yeah. And well, that's why the response <laughs> was so much better. Oil's got oil needs oh, protecting. Well, they okay. they they have oil refineries or something like that in. Uh, do they have in in New in Orleans? New Orleans? Oh, I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's a huge I industry. Think so, but 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 it's also they certainly have all all the offshore drilling rigs. But but and uh, the boats that go out. To oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Offshore, there's a yeah. lot of. But true. also, Houston has is much more economically pivotal to the United States. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the the game store that I I own. You know, we get order games from game distributors, and there's mm. one distributor mostly we would order out of their East Coast warehouse near Baltimore, but sometimes we'd be like, oh, hey, you've got a case of that over, it's like, look online, it says you've got a case of that at your warehouse down in Texas near Houston. So, like, you know, there's a... Very developed. There's a whole bunch of, you know, there's probably like a huge pile of Magic the Gathering cards that is now worthless because it's soaked in chemical chemical stained water. Oh, the tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what happens after stuff like this, too, is people try and sell all those cars that have been underwater as if they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, non-rusty car from Florida, you know. A rash (laughs) of those from uh, New Orleans after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so and you can see how many cars it's going to be, so just beware. Just buyer beware, because <laughs> yeah. that's what people do. They come, they 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 salvage it. Somebody else buys it. It's one, one reason they flip the title. It's one reason to buy new. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of the new cars probably went under too in Houston. They're still selling those. Yeah, yeah. It fell off the back of a truck, right? <laughs> yeah. Womp yeah. yeah. womp. But all that stuff, you know, the in in the scams, like you just said about the um, where to donate and making yeah. sure you donate to a good place. Yeah. Well, it's so. I mean, it's so easy now to set up an online fund. A lot of a lot of these. Um, people who weren't insured have turned to crowdfunding. Yeah, you know, because you can basically set up a GoFundMe page. Yeah. Or, but I mean, we can't crowdfund four and a half million people. No, or whatever. You can't crowdfund in the yeah. billions, which is yeah. what they're going to need. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, to their credit, the the federal government is asking for a giant FEMA loan. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they moved the FEMA what? money for Zika. Do you remember they weren't getting their money from the feds for Zika? Yeah. And they said, we're going to cannibalize all these other disaster funds. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. To, oh, they to took hit. it out of Yeah. The so that's why FEMA's a little, they're not short yet, but it's like they have $3 billion left and they need, what'd you say, 25 I Well, they, it's, it's what, 12, uh, 14 billion. I mean, it's, it's up there. It's yeah. a big number. So even by disaster. Yeah. preparedness uh levels so all right 
And and of course, um, uh, this is a particularly extreme example. But also, there's flooding all over the world, uh, problems all over the world right mm. now. And and um, yeah, I, I just uh, uh, the flooding in uh, India and uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh has been uh, uh, also uh, pretty horrifying, with a lot more deaths. Um, because uh, the infrastructure, like Mumbai, I was mentioning Mumbai before the show, population of about 20 million people, 12 million of them live in what are described as slums, at least according to this report I saw by the the BBC, and 300,000 to to 500,000 people just living on the streets. So, you know, they only got 16 and a half inches of rain, but, you know, you're living at sea level in the streets. And, yep. you know, there isn't like like and the, the streets are cluttered with garbage in a way that they aren't here in in the USA. And, you know, you've got 100 year old buildings that are condemned uh, that people are still living in and operating daycare centers in and they collapse. And yeah, I thought die. I saw a big collapse of yeah. one just the other day or yesterday yeah. on the news. So, you know, like 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 we're in the U.S. We're getting we're avoiding problems like that as much. But. You know, we don't have as many problems like that, but still. Uh, I, I guess, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, one of the one of the other things I, that sort of has struck me is a number of people saying, like, well, this is not the time to talk about whether or not global warming played a role in this. And I, I don't know when we should, if not now. I Yeah, I mean... Do you think this is going to change the conversation? The day the Mar-a-Lago floods <laughs> will be the day that we could talk about global. He'll warming. stop talking about um, Obama's birth certificate and yeah, <laughs> and, and climate change. I, you know, I just it doesn't it doesn't. I guess it does matter, but I was just saying, you know, it doesn't really matter because you just have to address what's happening. You know, if mm-hmm. if you don't want to have the argument, at least address what's in front of you mm-hmm. as it exists. I mean, look at the guys in New York and New Jersey. I mean, they're very much. Um, on top of what's going to happen in New York and New Jersey as the waters rise and, you know, planning for it and changing the subway systems. And, mm. I mean, there was a um, Bloomberg mm. and uh, that guy that used to run for president. No. Chris Christie? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that, that, was, that is a lot of what happens. And people who are paying attention don't bother to have the fight. They just try and do something about it. So. But I don't know what Houston will do because that's where they're going to put the folks. That's that's a they they're in a catch basin. So yeah, it's like do you just move the whole city? <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of why they didn't have a mass evacuation. They were like, where do we send two and a half million people? Right. Yeah. And didn't they have a flood where people were evacuated and they died on the road that they were from Hurricane Rita? Yeah, yeah. That about a hundred people died on the road. They were yeah. in the cars. They ran out of gas. They're all stuck in the hot sun and yeah, yeah and people wow. actually so. You know, we used to have the evacuation route. Have you ever seen it? For um, it was Seabrook because and actually, Seabrook? Yeah. and Boston. They put up signs one year. It was almost yeah. a, it was almost a joke. I forget which mayor did it, but they put up evacuation signs, uh-huh. and people would write on them, "Yeah, you'll be sitting here for five hours." Yeah, <laughs> on the yeah, side. right. Can you imagine evacuating Boston? Well, and yeah. it would By take road. you like under Arlington, you know, up yeah. on the, you know, it was the most silliest. I mean, it wasn't even get on the pike and get out of town. It was. You know, all these convoluted things. That was actually the plan for Boston. It's like, who thought of this plan? But it was, it was, it was funny. I guess it was the 70s. The, 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 <laughs> the clever Democrats running the state at the time. That's <laughs> yeah, who thought of it, yeah. you know. But it was, you know, they, they forced, the feds forced Boston to put up the signs. So they put them up and everybody's going, you can't get out of town that way. You can't, like, yeah. wait can't for the light at Berkeley. <laughs> even in, like, yeah. optimal conditions yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And the same at Seabrook, they did a thing where um, one of the, 
um, politicians ran an ad that was like Orson Welles, yeah. or the Worlds, only they they announced in the beginning of the ad, it was a 30-minute ad, that it was not real and that it was a made-for-radio yeah. thing. And they had Seabrook um, explode. Yeah. And people thought it was real, and it was awful. <laughs> it was like in the 1980s. There was a. Uh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it was pretty bad because they were trying to explain that um, Seabrook, as a nuclear power plant, didn't have the extra um, reinforcement containment. It was like, you know, worse than Chernobyl. Yeah. And so they made this tele this radio ad, and and people were terrified I because you can't evacuate from the beaches there. It was yep. in the summer. There was another mm. one. Um, there's another plant uh, up in is it New Hampshire or or Southern Maine? New it's Hampshire. near Kennebunkport. Pilg Pilg where's Pilgrims on the Cape? Pilgrim, maybe. Yeah, maybe that was it. But I, I, well, I just yeah. remember I was up in Kennebunkport years ago. There's one in ago. Vermont. They just closed. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, but I remember being up in Kennebunkport years ago, back when when George H. W. Bush was president. And you know, and he has a summer place up there. Oh, and just yes. there was a sign saying like President Bush, you know, you you would not be safe from the nuclear power plant <laughs> melting down here, you know? Yeah. It's like wah wah. <laughs> yeah, the Bush compound was not yeah. see the Kennedys at least they built where it was no, just kidding. Oh they they planned ahead. They you know. planned ahead. The, 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 the <laughs> racial the, 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 the cultural memory of the potato family. They knew they had to be able to get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they had enough cloud at the time to make sure the nuclear plant didn't go in next door to their, right. you know, right. family compound. Or, right. Yeah. Wind farms, too. Well, you said that about soccer, you know, sort of that influence of power and money and, you know, why is everything built in Houston? And I mean, when you start to see what people oh, do yeah. with uh, their... I, I shared an article with, with, with the, Sorry, these I, guys. No, no, no. It's just it, like I shared an article with these people, which John <laughs> can throw up there. But just looking at uh, apparently the English soccer, Premier Soccer League had like huge player acquisitions over this over the over this past trading season with you know hundreds of millions of pounds being spent on you know, just a few players and uh, the person who wrote the article was suggesting that part of what's going on is nothing to do with trying to make a really good sports team uh, or, or trying to make a profit you know like the model <laughs> we're expecting like uh, you know the like the Fenway group who actually owns some of those English teams you know like trying to make make money off of it but it's a way of projecting sort of political power and influence showing like you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, a big gold T-R-U-M-P on the front of your building. Kind yeah. of thing, yes. Yeah, it's Mo all about... <laughs> in perhaps a more subtle way. But marking, yeah. marking your territory. Yeah, so I'm sorry. So you so you were saying... Yeah, so I was just saying that here's, here's you know, the power and influence of the local industry. I mean, that's part of what happens in New Jersey. Uh -huh. um, in Houston, I imagine that, you know, they wouldn't curtail the floating um, reservoirs on the top of roofs. Yeah. You know, that... that when you have an industry that gets to decide, like Hadley has um, a little trouble with its planning and sort of the whole... Um, you mean the strip mall The strip Route mall and mm -hmm. all that. It's when you start to have things that have a great deal of money compared to the what's going on locally. Mm -hmm. That imbalance, you see a lot of times the government can't do what it should do at a minimum. Yeah. I would argue for for that, actually. For, for money what? having for influence? Ha for having the, the strip mall on Route 9. Better than somewhere else, right. Well, the thing is that it's... It draws in a lot of money. It draws in a lot of people, and they can tax the hell out of it. And if you drive through Hadley and anywhere else, there's a lot of farms that have these signs that say historic farms preserved by by this fund. So Hadley is it's larger it yeah properly. Hadley is larger way larger than you'd think it's one of these it's one of these towns that just sprawls because it's a lot of farmland it's a whole farm town exactly yeah. so um if you have like this one square mile that's just money in like mm. Walmart and whatever the cash cow exactly then everywhere else i mean the the property 
taxes in in Hadley are super super low, probably because of that. So I would uh, I always tell people like there's a reason why all that stuff is contained, they contained it. Right yeah, there. they contained it, which there. is arguably a really good idea. Framingham Natick did the same thing yeah. along Route Nine, and and they make lots of money off it. Yeah, no, I mean there are there's definitely reasons to do that. And I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad decision, but you also have to make all the choices that go along with that. Right, you and, have to you have, to, have to build that out. Yeah. And as yeah. they've discovered, because they've had to build out Route Nine to accommodate that traffic, it was never designed originally to do that. It was you know they they had road, to yeah. they had to first they had to widen the bridge, and they've you can tell they're <laughs> widening yeah the street slowly as it goes up. Yeah. So and they've also. Um, Oh man, I hate it when I sort of lose the, the thread <laughs> of my thought there. Um, but yeah, all the infrastructure that goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and for the Patriots, you know, trying to get Foxborough to build, all yeah. upgrade all that stuff around them. And right. So it's one it, of the reasons why sports teams kind of stink. Oh, I remember. I was just going to say. Did like, you say <laughs> they stink? Yeah. For, oh. Municipally, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting position. Yeah, huh? I, I don't think they're good for the communities for the most part. Much as I love the Red Sox being at Fenway Park. I'm not sure, you know, it'd be like since they've been there since 1912, I guess, you know, it's a, so it's OK. It, well, <laughs> after 105 years, it's sort of like that's the way it is. Right. But, you know, I don't think we should build a new park for them. But uh, I just want to say, like, part of part of the problem in Houston, of course, is with that urban sprawl. There's been a lot of areas paved over and whatnot in a way that now is, you know, limiting the ability of the of the area to absorb moisture and, and have rainfall come in and, and get absorbed and soaked up as opposed to like running down hill towards the sea um houston would be absolutely hammered by hurricane uh, harvey regardless like four feet of of water nobody can handle that but it's still some of it would have gotten soaked up it could have been better yeah it could have been better for sure um and that and that makes that's that's not nothing you know back to northampton they have a um, runoff fee for all the homeowners they added to the um Department of Public Works fees mm-hmm. that we all pay in our taxes. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because an old timer got up at a meeting when they were trying to get this fee where you pay because you yeah. have paved over something, you pay more yeah. if your land's paved over. Uh-huh. It's very it's you thoughtful. Mean like, like, like a parking lot, you have yeah. to pay a runoff fee. Okay. A runoff mm-hmm. fee, yeah. And my lot, you know, my roof is a runoff, but the rest of it's grass, so, you know, and it's a small lot. Yeah. But So this old timer gets up because we have these mm-hmm. um, these gates in Northampton that they close to protect, you know, mm-hmm. the city from flooding. And an old timer got up and said, I'm not paying this fee. I'm below the gates. You know, I'm going <laughs> to, they're going to, they're going to flood me. I shouldn't have to pay that fee. I thought that was a brilliant argument, actually. <laughs> that, that is actually, <laughs> I think that's a, that it, it does make it, sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. That's become <laughs> the signature issue of the mayoral campaign. Oh, really? So oh, far. I didn't know that. That's so funny. What, we the, may, the, that the guy flood? will come out of the woodwork. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the uh, fee? The stormwater. Runoff fee. Runoff fee has uh, been a, a uh, really point of contention. And I've heard other people complaining about it. So I think it is hitting some Well, we already pay real estate owners. taxes, and you can't move stuff out of the property tax so that you don't have to have it under two and a half, yeah. proposition two and a half, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. So it's like you're already taxed on the right. land. Proposi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where you where well, you basically need an uh, an override vote to raise they taxes. should have had an right. override well, to do I, it. I, like the idea of like having a runoff fee, like 
like saying like, we're trying to raise this specific amount of money to go into this spe- for this specific purpose of like maintaining the levees or whatever. Like you could sell that to people, and I think people will go, yeah, okay, if it's like a if it's you know not very much, and it's all going in for this spe- one specific dedicated purpose. But I think it should be like solar panels. If you have a great big field, so mm-hmm. you're doing more than your fair share for absorbing the sponging off the water. Yeah, you should have a positive payment, you know, to you. To off your real estate taxes. You could see that. And if you've paved the whole parking lot, like Smith, you should have a negative payment. Mm. I mean, you should have th- have them pay in. That's an interesting argument. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Northampton. You should totally, uh, you know, make that Those arguments them. were made not by me. Somebody else made them very articulately in town. People are very smart here. It's very It's fun. To actually watch the politics, yeah. but I didn't realize the mayor's races. Uh, yeah, well, we may them. revisit that at a later point um, as the as the race heats up. Mm-hmm. We've certainly got some local interesting yeah. local races. But that if we're they did doing. that in Houston, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the fees to those industrial complexes? Oh. <laughs> ridiculous! That would be good. I think, though, be interesting. So. So we got like two minutes left. Uh, <laughs> did you want to, guys have anything you wanted to say about uh, uh, the uh, announcement about ending uh, deferred action on uh, children of uh, 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 something arrivals? Yeah. I can't remember. Ch- childhood Daca. arrivals. Childhood yeah. arrivals. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to announce his plan on Tuesday whether he's going to terminate it or yes, not. Yes, the president. And this this was enacted uh, under the administration of Barack Obama, um, basically, essentially allowing a. Uh, a renewable two-year period of deferred action from deportation for um, certain illegal immigrants who enter the country as minors. Yeah. And something like 800,000 people have applied for have this program. Registered. Mm-hmm. I was saying I wouldn't have registered if it was me, but... You well, know. it's because you don't trust the government. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking pretty smart right now. <laughs> I, I don't especially trust what's happening right now. But Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but... Uh, you know it can go south. Right. That's the problem. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, because, like, this was... This isn't a change in the law. Yeah. This is a change in how the Enforced. executive is enforcing the law. Exactly. And it is entirely something that the executive branch can change, and it doesn't have the force of law. You know, I mean, it's... It's it's not saying you can't be deported. It's saying you're low on the list of people yeah, we're right. going to deport. You but, know, so Congress can fix that. And I well, think Paul, Paul Ryan is right to do that, and it, I hope he does. Well, he's begging him not to change it on Tuesday, but to give Congress a chance to do something. And we all, I mean, at this point, nobody thinks Congress can do I, I'd be ast- anything. Right. I'd be astonished if Congress can come up with something that, that Trump would sign, given his anti-immigrant status. Exactly. Uh, this interest. is a signature issue of his campaign. Yeah. Um, he's, but he's, not about the kids. He said he had a heart about the kids. <sighs> Maybe <laughs> yeah. the kids are troublemakers <laughs> on our, many sides. I think our engineer just commented. In the I've, I'll, I'll, I believe that when I see <laughs> yeah. it. I'll oh. put it that way. Anyway, we do have to wrap up. Uh, so we'll know to next Friday what happened. <laughs> yeah, well, we will. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening to Civil Politics Night here on Valley Free Radio. Stay tuned for Subculture coming up next. We'll be back next week. Good night.